0: Um, And to discuss this and more, Troy Rank of Denver 7 presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air. Troy, I know you've been uh, hanging out on hold for 45 seconds to a minute um, and eavesdropping a little bit here. When it comes to Jokic and that basketball maturity that we have seen over the last uh, four or five seasons from him, do you believe there is yet another level to go with the two-time MVP and reigning finals MVP?
1: I don't know that there is statistically. I mean, one of the things when I've covered great players, like people ask you, how do you become great? You just stay good for a long time. In his case, he was the best player in the NBA in the last few years. He just has to be who he's been. He, there, I don't think he has to try to be another level because for that to happen, Zach, he would have to do something he doesn't do, and that's be selfish. He can score more points. He could easily score 32 to 34 a night if he wanted to, but at what, what cost? He plays basketball in a way that, you know, we saw people play in the 70s and 80s, and that's why statistically I don't think there's another level. Uh, The question will be as parts change over the next few years or the injuries happen, how much will he have to carry a team? But this guy, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, he's Bill Walton. This is like who Bill Walton was going to be. Right. And so Bill Walton's feet and ankles and everything went. This, I mean, I've never seen a big man pass the way he does both full court, half court have the range he does you know, from 25 feet, 30 feet in, and just have a sense that he plays essentially like a point guard as a center. And he can shoot with a soft touch. I mean, you just take all these players, like, you know, you've watched, and no one plays that position like him. Some have had more power. Some have certainly had more flash in this, but nobody plays it offensively like Jokic. So I, I think he's going to be fine. I don't know that he's going to play until he's 40. I don't think that's his ambition. He's, for me, he's a Hall of Famer already. Baseball, Our basketball Hall of Fame is pretty easy okay. to get to, if we're being honest. But mm. I don't think he's going to play for some kind of crazy legacy numbers of that. But he's still so young, and he knows he's still probably, these next four or five years, he's got a chance to win at least one more title. Speaking of the Denver Nuggets, Troy, what's your biggest question about him? Well, I like Bruce Bowen a lot, and how they replaced that's going to be curious. Christian Brown, is he going to be the guy? Is he going to grow into those minutes? He is so athletic, and he was just an absolute energizer bunny at times off the bench, and then at times the moment was big for him. So can he be consistent? He is a guy that just feels like the talent is ready to bloom. And the Strother kid, I mean, he is – I've watched him a lot at Gonzaga. He's a knockdown three-point shooter, and if you're going to be that guy, there's no better place to be than Denver because Jokic will find you, and you will get open looks. In the NBA, usually you don't. He will get open looks. So, but my biggest concern is just they lost some depth, and and you know Bruce uh, Brown was a good player for them, really good player. He obviously showed up more in the playoffs than anything. But how do you replace that? Is it Christian Brown? And what does Julian Strawther look like? Uh, I just they have all the pieces, but you know a year of Phoenix adding Bradley Beal, everyone's all in love with the Celtics, in love with the Bucks, and I understand that. I think the it's going to be a tougher road with the target on their back now. But I don't have a lot of concerns other than, you know, one, can Brown mature into a fuller role that I think can evolve into that? And what straw they're going to be, could he be kind of an X factor for them on nights when they're struggling to score if Jamal's having an off night or Aaron Gordon's having an off night?
0: You know what um, was was interesting for me to see, Troy? Uh, and, and, and just to circle back for one quick second on Jokic before we move on, is you said, I don't know if there's room for him to grow statistically. And, and in general, I agree with you. I mean, <laughs> Jokic has led the, the, the Nuggets in points, rebounds, and assists for a half a decade. He led the entire playoffs in points, rebounds, assists. So where could he grow statistically? You know what I think it is? His three-point shot. If you look at historically, Jokic takes uh, you know about two threes a game. But this preseason... He took more than that in three of the four games. At one point, he took six threes uh, in the most recent uh, a preseason game. I wonder if, as he is um, maturing and aging, if he mixes that into his game more. Because he can make threes. We saw that in the playoffs. Um, and I wonder if that's the next gear for, for him to unlock. And somehow, Troy, somehow make him even more dynamic.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that with him would be on nights feeling where, you know, there's no reason to limit it to two or three. If you're feeling it that night, why not throw throw up five or six of them? And, but there are times when I watch him and mean, man, just shoot it. Like, you're wide open. And, and, again, like you said, he can shoot it. He's got a, just a feathery, soft touch, but not just for a big man, for any man. But that might be part of it. But I would think that would be knowing him. It's just got to be he's got to feel it that night. Because you have Porter Jr. You know, Aaron Gordon can make a three and he's open in the corner. Strother, I mean, so – I don't want him to have, feel like he has to force it, and he doesn't. But yeah, on certain nights, you know, it wouldn't bother me if he's like he comes out and he makes his first couple. Well, don't 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 mind shooting six if right. you got it in you. <laughs> it's just that would be interesting to me. He just doesn't have a selfish bone in his body. So I mean, most guys, when they make a couple threes, it becomes a heat check. <laughs> it's just not with him. It's just he is so unique in that way. Mm. Troy Denver Broncos. First off, I don't want to go on a rant, but nobody should. Feel the way that I felt like you might have felt when Coach Sean went at you like that. So I just want to say I apologize. Oh wow! Just as a fan and as a player, like I didn't, I don't like hearing that from somebody feeling like they're you're you're being disrespected. So I just want to put that out on the record. And I know you probably don't care, but to me, you know, you've done a lot for me, and I'm just like, I'm sorry that you had to feel that way. If you did feel some type of way. So, yeah, Phil, I appreciate it. It yeah. wasn't a big deal. Okay. And, and listen, and I put it on Twitter. The point of my question was this that they had blown 10 halftime leads. It was an all time NFL yes. record. And when I was starting to ask Coach Payton, it was like, this team, this franchise has, or this, I think I said, you know, this team has blown 10 halftime yeah. leads. And he didn't let me finish. He just interrupted me. And the question was, and you, three of it has happened, three times it's happened this season at home. Right. And what does it feel like to yes. get over that hump? Because he has talked repeatedly, this team has to first to learn not to lose before they can learn how to win. Mm. For me, this is my personal opinion, that question was relevant as it related to that. 30% of those 10 blown halftime leads were on Coach Payton's watch. Yes. I could totally understand if none of them were, or one of them, a fluky one was, you'd be like, listen, it doesn't really apply to me. 30% of them. And it only goes back to 2021. So it's Fangio, Hackett, and Coach Payton. Like, it wasn't like he was just an outlier into that. He was right into this question. So, and listen, it wasn't a big deal. He's liked that after games. I've seen it in the preseason. I've seen it after wins. I've seen it after losses. I just, and I wasn't trying to make it certainly about me. I just wanted to finish my question. The question wasn't to involve history. It was to involve the question of, hey, you know, kind of, you've talked about this team yeah, trying to learn not to lose. Do you feel like they've come, you know, got over that hump today because they could have very easily lost that game. Exactly. Could've lost on a field goal 20 to 19. He didn't take it that way. That's fine. It really is. I've been yelled at by millions of, you know, it feels like millions, dozens of coaches <laughs> over the last 30 years of covering professional sports. It's not a big deal. And then again, it's in character with how he is after yeah. games wins or losses. So yeah. I certainly didn't take it personally.
0: Well, it's it's one of these things where we saw him get upset earlier this season um, when asked another historical question about about the, after the after the Dolphins lost, and it was, "Hey, you're part What's of the question? the question." Yeah, exactly. You're, you're you're part of this you know ugly moment in NFL history. He does not like to be attached to anything like that, which is understandable. Um, but uh, yeah, he's 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 finding his way with the Denver media anyway. Um, back to the Broncos, Troy. Did you realize that the Broncos' losing streak to the Kansas City Chiefs is approaching the all-time NFL record? Now, we've been talking about the streak for years, but it wasn't until we had Schefter on yesterday where he's like, wait, I need to go look up what the most losses in a row to one team is. So we did it. And it's the Buffalo Bills to the Miami Dolphins in the entire decade of the 70s. From 70 to 80, they lost 20 straight times, the Broncos have lost 16 on the verge of 17 this weekend. Speaking of history, what, what do you think of that uh, potential history and how the Broncos are inching closer to it?
1: Yeah, I was aware of that, and that—that's when the Dolphins were obviously one of the greatest greatest teams in NFL history during that time, including their undefeated season. But yeah, you don't want to be associated with that history, and that wouldn't be necessarily like Coach Payton. That's on a long lineage, them. now you're going back seven and a half years. And what's sad about that is during these 16 losses, I mean, I would argue that only about five or six of those felt like winnable games. Uh, You know, there's times they've been blown out. There's times they've been toyed with. And then there has been a few times the case Keenum had a pass to Demary's Thomas that connects there. Maybe they win. Mm-hmm. there was a horrible call on Shaq Barrett on one of those games and a delay a game that should have been called Phil might've been in that game, but I can't remember, <laughs> but there's been a few winnable games, but that's been the disappointing t- thing is it feels like at times Denver has been like Vanderbilt against Alabama when yeah. it comes to the chiefs, like yeah. they haven't felt competitive at times. And, you know, this year they, you know, they were certainly in that game. It felt, again, it looked like Andy Reid got bored during his, you know, the way his calling plays on that Thursday night with the, that tight end doing a fake, trying to do their version of the tush push. And it was just like, it was odd. They had a Patrick Mahomes throwing interception where he was basically facing the wrong way and throwing it up for grabs. And it's just, I would like to see Denver, you know, basically get ahead in a game, kind of punch back. They always trail against the Chiefs. Other than I think it was the game Phil was in with Fangio. he yeah. led six nothing, and they went for two. It just spoke of the desperation. And then Joe Flacco got sacked like 19 times that day, <laughs> yeah. and it looked like he had never seen a blitz. So it just it would be nice for them to get out in front and kind of force the Chiefs to really like okay they gotta they gotta play one of their better games to beat them. We haven't seen that in a bit. Been some ugly games in there, some blowouts, but yeah, you don't want to be part of that history. You don't. And the Broncos are—I don't know what the line is. They probably what seven eight, and a half points, eight and a, eight
0: a half eight and a half. had opened uh, with uh, from Superbook, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it was ten and a half, eleven. You know, last because they were on the road. But that's the crazy thing. It's the streak goes back even further at home because the last road the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs was in Kansas City on that Monday when Peyton Manning refused to go gently into that deep night the year of the Super Bowl. And then they played him later that year in Kansas City, which was Manning's worst-ever game. He had the 0.0 rating, and that's when his the plantar fasciitis in his foot came up. So it's the year before that where they've beaten him at home. It's been even longer. So you're, at that point, you're getting almost at 10 years that it feels like you've beaten the Chiefs at home. It's because it almost has been. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. And, and, and I'd I, like to see that streak in for, I mean, for Broncos country. And yeah. again, I'm a, and I consider, I, I want to tell a story. And the best story would be them upsetting the chiefs. Them losing to the chiefs is not a great story. No. It's been told 16 straight times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just checking for those who follow this stuff the way that I do. Uh, the Broncos are being bet down. So they open up at eight and a half point. Uh, underdog, They're now at eight some places. They're now at seven and a half some places. That means that professional gamblers are betting the Broncos at home mm. with that many points, which is interesting. So um, we'll see what we're in store for, Troy. Uh, can't wait for the game on Sunday. I know you'll be covering it uh, very closely. And hopefully, maybe when we catch up this time next week, we're reacting to uh, a Broncos win. That'd be something.
1: Well, it is a turning point game. I know you guys have talked about that because if you win and you're three and five, that's, that would ironically be the same exact record they had last year at the bye mm. after their win in London. But if you beat the Chiefs, you're three and five, you look at the schedule, does that influence the trade deadline? Mm. I would argue it shouldn't. Like the trades need to be independent of that. Agreed. But does that mean you only trade one player instead of three? But that's why this makes this game so fascinating to me, is because if you win it, you could then, you know, they reacted that way to a victory over the Jaguars in London. Like, their yep. offense was suddenly fixed. And yep. we're like, really? And then they came out against Tennessee and didn't have one red zone trip the entire game. So, I would say don't overreact to it, but it would certainly make Broncos country feel better. I'm all for that.
0: There's no doubt about it, Troy. Great stuff. We'll catch up with you this time next week. See ya. All right. Troy ranked Denver 7, presented by ROX, Rock Heating and Air.